This week on the Wager Pager podcast. New Jersey announces its official sports betting revenue numbers for the month of August, and two more mobile sports betting apps have launched here in the Garden State, bringing the total number up to seven. The Alliance of American Football, a professional football league that will play during the spring, announces it will have cutting-edge, enhanced, in-game betting integrated with its product. Wow. And this week we are joined by sports gambling Twitter personality and pro handicapper James Alberino from The Spread Investor. Spread tells us which games will be most affected by Hurricane Florence on Sunday and tells us his best bet for NFL Week 2. And finally, former Marist College defensive back and current Wager Pager Sports gambling analyst Jimmy Dice Rulin returns to recap our picks from last week and make our selections for college football week three and NFL week two. Get pumped, get psyched. It's the Wager Pager Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Wager Pager podcast, where we talk about everything in the world of legalized sports betting and give out picks and analysis. I am your host, Chris Rogers. You can follow me on Twitter at the Wager Pager, and I'm here with my co-host and lovely girlfriend, Mercedes Barba. And good thing the Giants didn't draft Sam Darnold, huh? <laughs> hey, guys. That's right. You can follow me on Twitter at Mercedes Bianca, and we are so excited, you guys. We have such an awesome show for you today. So first things first, we have some gross revenue numbers coming out of the state of New Jersey for the month of August. So in terms of sports betting, New Jersey announced its official sports betting gross revenue for the month of August was $9.2 million bucks. That brings a total this year, since sports betting went legal on June 14th, to $16.5 million. The number is all according to the state gambling officials who released a press release earlier this week. So as you guys know, the state of New Jersey was one of the first states to go legal when the Supreme Court shut down a 1992 law back in May that outlawed sports betting. So the total number of bets placed in August for the state of New Jersey was $95.6 million. Wow. And the number of bets placed since June 14th is close to $153 million. Damn. Right? So it's expected that the numbers will grow significantly now that NFL season is underway. Oh, definitely. Right? So if you guys remember in the past, we reported that the Super Bowl has drawn, in the past, has drawn close to $5 billion in overseas illegal bets. Reuters reporting that sports betting could grow by more than 300% as NFL and college football enter the space. That's according to an interview that they did with a Play New Jersey analyst. Reuters is also reporting that New Jersey could also be the biggest U.S. sports betting market in the next year, even bigger than Vegas. So mobile sports betting apps have been a huge help in getting this number of sports wagers up since now you can place a bet from anywhere in the state of New Jersey. Mobile wagering apps in New Jersey include DraftKings, FanDuel, PlayMGM, Sugarhouse, William Hill. Uh, Reuters is also reporting that DraftKings told them that more than 100,000 bets were placed through its sportsbook for Sunday's season opening NFL games. And speaking of mobile apps, two new mobile sports betting apps launched in New Jersey just in time for the NFL kickoff. Caesars launched its mobile sports betting app hours before the kickoff of NFL season on September 9th. It was the sixth mobile betting app to launch within the last five weeks. We haven't actually tried using that (laughs) one, but it is supposed to be able to accept credit cards and PayPal. The seventh mobile sports betting app that was released is Triple Eight Sport. The app takes in-game wagering on its app as well. 
I have been using the FanDuel app now yep. for about a week. Mm-hmm. I've had no problems with it, really. They do offer a lot of uh, in-game, live in-game wagering, which I've been kind of messing around with yeah, for the first time. Yeah. It's definitely fun. You feel like you're day trading. <laughs> um, oh, that reminds me, we're going to be bringing on our buddy Todd out in Vegas next week. He is a uh, in-game wagering wizard. He's going to be a uh, contributor to the Wager Pager, and yep. uh, we look forward to that. All right, shifting gears here to my favorite story of the week. The Alliance of American Football, a professional football league, announced it will have enhanced in-game betting integrated with its games. Here's the deal. Its in-house tech team built a gambling product that will not only let you watch a game, but also let you bet on that same screen at the same time. It will also allow the league's gaming partner, MGM, to better price in-game odds. Players will wear devices to collect real-time data that will be used to better assess odds for in-game betting. And after the data is taken in and compiled, gamblers will be able to bet on the data itself, like the speed of the players and the speed of the ball and other things of that nature. So does that mean these wearables will be able to tell if the players are actually getting tired? Yeah, probably. (laughs) That is crazy. (laughs) That is crazy. The first game of the Alliance of American Football is about five months away on February 9th, 2019, one week after the Super Bowl. The AAF has 332 players in eight cities, Orlando, Atlanta, Memphis, Birmingham, Salt Lake City, Phoenix, San Antonio, and San Diego. Very cool. All right, guys, we're really excited to bring you this week's interview. He's one of our favorite handicappers on Twitter and a guy who's doing really big things in the sports gambling and media space, Spread Investor. All right, guys, we have a really special guest with us today. You may know him from his weekly appearances on JJ After Dark on WFAN, the fan sports radio here in New York City. Or you may know him from Twitter, where he puts out all of his top-notch sports handicapping content. This is James Alberino, the Spread Investor. What's up, Spread? Welcome to the Wager Pager. Mercedes, Chris, thanks for having me on, guys. How we doing? What's up, Spread? We're big fans of your work, man. Um, For those who aren't familiar, why don't you tell us a little bit about your content? where they can find it, and how you got involved in the sports betting business. Yeah, so I'm active on Twitter. I handicap NFL, college hoops, NBA, soon to be college football as well. And my whole philosophy with handicapping sports is try to get the best trends, the most relevant ones, analyze the game film afterwards, and break down the situation that each team is in. So I put out as much information as I can to help my own handicaps. And I just try to make all that information accessible to the public. I'll put it out on Twitter. I'll put it out on my website. And then I involve my network that handicaps other sports. And I try to just provide as much good information to the public as possible. Very cool. I know a lot of people are super into what you're putting out. I saw a very interesting video you put out the other maybe a couple weeks back about winning percentages versus the bottom line profit when it comes to handicapping sports. Can you elaborate on your stance on this? Yeah, I just think the average guy, when they start betting on sports, they, they care so much about what their record is on a Sunday, if they went 3-1, and 3-2, or 0-5. Oh Look, your, your sports book doesn't pay you based off of what your record was. He pays you off of how much you risked, how much you, you, know, you lost, or how much you won. I think a lot of guys right. ha- have to focus a lot more on how much money they're putting down on each particular game. At the end of the day... You have to focus on your bankroll and how much you're allocating towards the games, how much you're profiting every week, or how much you're losing every week. That's the end game, not the you know the record nonsense. 
Right on, right on. So as everyone knows, Hurricane Florence is heading towards coastal North and South Carolina, and we wish everyone the best and echo the evacuation advisement authorities have made. But as always, the weather comes into play when handicapping the NFL. With that said, what games do you think will be most affected, and how does this factor into your handicapping? Yeah, there's a couple of games that you got to look at. One, Carolina is where the Hurricanes going to be at the center of. Carolina is reported to have travel issues. they got to make a decision. Are they going to fly early to Atlanta? Are uh, they going to take an alternate route? So that's something to monitor. There's no definitive information yet. The other game to look at is the Redskins game with the Colts traveling there. There might be heavy rain over the weekend that goes into Sunday, so that's something I'm monitoring for that game. And then in in Pittsburgh, this is away from the hurricane, but there's a possibility that there could be rain, even though it's a little bit small. Uh, Pittsburgh and Kansas City on Sunday, that's another game I'm monitoring the forecast as well. Okay, um, are either of these like best bets for you? And if not, can you maybe share one or two games that you're looking at for NFL Week 2? Yeah, well, I'm looking pretty strongly at the Redskins. They look really, really good versus the Cardinals last week on the road. Alex Smith has this offense really dialed in. Jordan Reed's fully healthy. Um, Chris Thompson's fully healthy. Again, he's really tough out of the backfield. The Colts have so many holes on defense. They let the Bengals come back and and put up, I believe it was 23 or 26 in the second half. And offensively, the Colts are, are weak at right tackle, and that's going to be tough against the Redskins front seven that played really, really well. So if it doesn't rain and the weather doesn't affect that, I'm leaning to the Redskins pretty strong at minus five and a half at, at, or minus six right now where it's at. All right, Spread. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, man. Do you have uh, anything coming up the listeners should be looking out for? Anything you want to plug? Yeah, well, if you guys haven't already watched Barstool Sports Advisors on Sundays, Spread Investor is going to be the stat and trend provider for NFL Week 2 on Sunday. So that's coming uh, nationally on TVG, 10 a.m., and also locally in New York, it's Picks 11, so you can catch that. You'll, you'll see a bunch of my stats and trends in the background, hopefully put you on the right side of some games. Um, doing a couple of segments with Shark as well, but take a look out for, for Barstool, and let's get on the winning side this week. No doubt, man. That's awesome. We're big fans of that. We actually had Stu Finer on our first episode. The dude's a freaking nut. Hilarious. So have fun with that, man. We'll be we'll be keeping our eye out. All right, guys. Once again, that's James Alberino, the Spread Investor. You can follow him on Twitter at Spread Investor. And James, thanks so much for joining us. Guys, thanks for having me on. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Wager Pager. We once again bring back Jim Dice Rulin former Marist College defensive back, and my partner in picks. We're uh, rolling here into college football week three, NFL week one. Last week we did all right. We're still hovering around even. I went 2-2 two and two in my college picks, 2-1 and one in my NFL picks, and hit on my outright underdog Moneyline winner with the New York Jets Sunday night. And Jimmy went 2-2 two and two in college, 2-1 and one in the NFL, and hit on his outright underdog money line winner with the Navy midshipman on Saturday. What's up, dude? Welcome back. Thanks for having me back, Mercedes and Chris. Always a blast to uh, talk football and uh, just kind of see how we did and create more bankroll. Let's go, baby. Yeah, so that's two weeks in a row now that you've hit your money line winner. I hope people out there are taking advantage of that and making some Skrilla. Yeah, we'll see if I can get, get bowling some turkeys this week with my third win in a row. 
No doubt, dude. All right, let's get right into it. Let's uh, start with college. We're going to do our usual four-pack in college, three-pack in NFL, and we will each pick one underdog winner. Let's do this. No doubt, buddy. So uh, for my first uh, game on the uh, four-pack for college, um, I'm I'm liking a lot of home dogs this week. Actually, my whole board uh, this week is all dogs. So all right, I'm going to go with Wake Forest going against Boston College at home, getting four and a half. Uh, pretty much uh, 60% of the money right now or plays are going with uh, Boston College, and uh, Wake Forest is getting about 31. So Wake Forest is 0-2 this year against the, against the spread, so I think they're going to buck that this week uh, against Boston College, playing at home, getting four and a half points. And, you know, pretty much uh, these games tend to be close games or Wake Forest outright wins. So uh, I'm kind of liking those uh, those recent trends over the last four or five years against this matchup. Right on. Seems juicy, man. I really like that uh, true freshman quarterback that Wake Forest has. So, yeah, that, that, pick, that pick seems pretty good. All right, my first pick here in college football. Um, it's a team I went with in week one, but they didn't, uh, they didn't bring me to the ticket window. But I'm going to go back to the well here with the UMass Minutemen, plus four. They're playing uh, Florida International. This line opened at four and a half. It's down to four. On covers.com, the money right now is uh, 4% only on UMass. 96% of the action is going towards FIU. So I'll, I'll choose to go contrarian there and uh, go, go with UMass plus the points. On Action Network, there's uh, 25% of the tickets written, but 59 percent of the money is going on UMass that's an incredible 34 percent differential highest on the board I believe in college tells me there's a lot of sharp money going on that play I'm gonna choose to ride on the side with the bookies it's also a revenge game they lost last year 56 to 31 it was a lot closer than that scoreboard uh than that final score really reflected and FIU's, of course, still dealing with that controversy with the drive-by shooting from a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, I'm going UMass plus four. For me, number two uh, for the uh, four-pack, uh, I'm going to take uh, Pittsburgh at home, getting four points against Georgia Tech. Uh, right now, uh, the current trend for this matchup, uh, the dog is 4-1 ATS. So I am liking that. For Georgia Tech, they run that, you know, option um, offense. Right now, the, the quarterback is injured. He's got a toe injury. He is scheduled to play, uh, but to be a running quarterback, again, with a bum wheel, uh, you know, definitely is going to make things a little bit harder for them. Their starting running back, Benson, is out for the season, and also their center uh, is still out. I kind of like the fact that, you know, an offensive team with three players banged up or not even playing is pretty good. Uh, and also, I'm looking at Georgia Tech, possibly looking at the look-ahead game because they got to get ready for Clemson next week. But I know everyone's saying, you know, Pitt got smoked uh, against Penn State. Uh, they were in that game for the first half, but I just think, you know, overall, you know, Pitt should be able to uh, cover that spread, take the four points. All right, cool. Yeah, definitely. It could be a bounce-back spot for them. I can see that. Um, my second game here in our college football four-pack, college football week three, I'm going with the Temple Owls, plus 16 points versus Maryland. I know a lot of people are high on Maryland right now. The Terrapins have looked pretty good in the first couple weeks of the season. But uh, this line opened at 14. It's already jumped up to 16. Um, Temple only catching 13% of the action. 
according to Covers.com. Similar numbers over at our friends with Action Network. I really like the quarterback, Frankie Juice Newtile for uh, for Temple. Great nickname. Um, they went down 12 nothing early last week to Buffalo, but th- they fought back. They got a really crazy Hail Mary right before the half, and then the second half was just really, really close, back and forth, back and forth. There was an unbelievable two-point conversion that they got. It was a tough loss because uh, they ended up losing by two touchdowns, but there was a return and, a, and a, a bullshit touch late. It really wasn't like that. It was a lot closer than people think. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Temple. I like their coach. Um, let's do this, Temple Owls. Nice man. For me, number three, uh, I'm gonna take uh, Duke plus six. Uh, I know it's probably kind of being crazy considering the fact that Daniel Jones is out for the season. Uh, I believe he broke his collarbone. So, but Duke still got a good team. Uh, they're up and coming. They've been doing pretty well. Develop. Uh, developing that program. Baylor, I mean, I know they're uh, 2-0, and but, I mean, they played Albaline Christian, uh, Christensen and UTSA. Uh, are those D1AA schools, D1 schools? So uh, where you look at Duke, I mean, the first two games they played was against Army and Northwestern, a game that Duke played in Northwestern and won that. So I'm hoping, you know, uh, the backup for Daniel Jones can uh, keep that season going for them. I mean, Baylor was 1-11 last year, and uh, right now Duke is uh, 2-0 straight up in this matchup. So um, I'm going to take Duke plus the six points in this game. Feeling lucky going with the backup QB there, huh? Yeah. I mean, it is a lot. Like I said, I think it's kind of crazy, but I just personally think, you know, you had a 1-11 season last year. You played two cupcake uh, high school teams in week one and week two. I just don't see Baylor, you know, um, matching up with the talent that Duke has been bringing in over the last uh, five, six, seven years. No, for sure, man. They're definitely, uh, you know, one of the one of the top teams in the in the top half of the ACC now. Um, moving on here, my third college football pick of the week here, college football week three. I'm going with the Utah Utes, a team that's looked very strong the first couple weeks, really strong offense. Uh, this line opened at five and a half. They're now getting six and a half because everyone's all over Washington. It's a big public team. This is a big primetime TV game. You know, I do like this. I always say I like to stay away from these games, but it seems like I'm always fucking betting these games. Uh, but I do like to always take the dog. I take the dog. It's plus six and a half. Only 29% of the action going on Utah. I just like I like Utah. When I saw that, I kind of uh, was leaning towards Utah, so I, I like that. Uh, I might ride ride with you on that. For my last uh, four-pack to uh, close it off, I'm going to go with Illinois. Uh, Lovey Smith, third-year coach down there. I know they're playing on a neutral site. They're actually playing at uh, Soldier Field in Chicago, which is about a little over 100 miles from uh, Illinois. So that's really a home game, even though I know it's not considered a home game for them. Uh, right now, you got on covers, I think, 72% of uh, the bets going on South Florida. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I know we've been riding South Florida this year, a uh, pretty hot team. Uh, they are 2-0 and against the spread this year. Charlie Strong, you know, he's a great coach. But I'm going to side with Big Ten talent uh, in one of the Power Five conferences against an, an AAC conference team. Uh, I'll take uh, the 10 points, really, as a, kind of a home home dog. So. No doubt. Seems seems uh, pretty interesting, man. I might have to ride with you on that one. All right, looking ahead, uh, this is my final game here on the, on my college football slate. Uh, another bad habit that I, I have, 
I like the bet against Alabama. I like the bet against the best teams. I'm going to take Mississippi. The Mississippi Rebels, they opened at 18. This has been bet up to 21. 93% of the action coming in on Alabama to only 7% from Mississippi. And... uh I don't know, man. It just—it's too many points. It's too many points in a in a big primetime game. I love the quarterback over at Mississippi. He's been playing well. They've been scoring a whole bunch of points every week. So I'm gonna ride it. Yeah, man. That, that is a lot of points. You know, my only hope is that uh, Alabama's uh, men amongst boys uh, mentality doesn't come out. But uh, I mean, conference game that that should be a, a big one. Hopefully, uh, Ole Miss can keep that close. All right, dude, and uh, before we move on to NFL, let's just stick in the college ranks for another minute or so. Um, my outright underdog money line winner this week is coming from the college football slate, and it's a nice, big, juicy one. Plus 875 on the kickback. I'm taking the BYU Cougars versus Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin is a bit overrated. BYU is tough. Is This is basically a hunch call there. Plus 875 seems pretty nice. Um I don't know if Wisconsin can keep up with with a high-flying BYU offense. I know they're going to really try to slow down the game, but I don't know. I don't know. This is just I've been going with these hunch plays on my money lines. I lost the first week, one last week, so I'm hoping to get on a roll here. Man, that'd be a nice uh, payday. Uh, but you know what? For me, I have uh, also uh, a college money line underdog upset uh, pick for this week, and. I am going to take Purdue Boilermakers at home getting six and a half against uh, Missouri Tigers. The plus 160. Purdue's going to take this, you know. They had a tough loss against uh, Northwestern, a tough loss at home by Western Michigan. Kind of just put a dent on their season. With this game, uh, last year, Purdue won 35-3 as an outright underdog. Missouri's getting 70% uh, of the bets right now, uh, uh, according to covers. Missouri's played uh, UT Martin in Wyoming, so they really haven't, in essence, played the type of competition that Purdue has played in regards to Northwestern, and I guess Western Michigan might be equal to what they've played. But Missouri's got a big uh, conference game uh, with Georgia next week. So... Look ahead. Yeah, look ahead. You know, uh, oh, Purdue's 0-2, you know, like, oh, we should be able to get this, you know. So, um, But you got to be careful. You know, Purdue was considered a, a pretty up-and-coming team this year. I think they've kind of faltered a little bit. So I like uh, that money line play with Purdue to kind of bounce back and get their, their season back on track. Doo-doo. All right, cool, man. Um, so let's move on to the NFL slate. Um, it was a super exciting opening weekend for the NFL from Thursday night with a disappointing finish with the Falcons all the way through to the Sunday night game with an unbelievable performance from my cousin Aaron Rodgers (laughs) where he gets knocked out of the game, comes back, down 20-3, to brings him back, wins the freaking game. Uh, I think we both hopped on that in the live bet. Took a little action on the Packers there at plus five, which was a nice little cherry on top. But let's move on to this week, NFL Week 2. And to be honest, I'm not crazy about the slate. It's super fucking chalky. It's like when LeBron James does that pregame ritual and throws that shit up in the air. 
No, I, I agree with you, Chris. Uh, I was not a huge fan of this week's slate of games, and that's kind of why, uh, like I said before earlier in the cast, uh, I went all dogs this week. So I might even play some of these NFL games on like half units because I'm not crazy about it, but you'll we'll see. Uh, keep up with us on Twitter for all our all of our plays that we post. NFL Week Two, here we go, baby. I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. It's my first favorite pick on the podcast of the entire year. They opened at five and a half. Now it's at six. There is 72% of the action coming Atlanta's way. I don't like to bet with the public, but it worked out for me last week with Cincinnati Bengals, so I'm going to roll the dice and try it again. There is uh, 50% of the tickets written, according to Action Network, on the Atlanta Falcons, but 77% of the money is coming their way. That's a plus 27% differential. And I'm going to roll with the Sharpies on this. I believe Atlanta should be able to bounce back and somehow be able to fix those offensive struggles because they were down in inside the red zone three fucking times on Thursday night but could not score. For some reason, they're running these jumbo packages and taking Julio Jones off the field, their best player, when they're down in the red zone. doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and to be honest, I think they need to get Tevin Coleman involved, their third down back. He scored once last week, and I think he can get in the end zone again. I just like, I'll take the Falcons. It's like, what, to win by a touch versus, a, you know, division rival, the Panthers, who beat up on the Cowboys last week, who looked like shit. So I'll take the Falcons. Speaking of the looking like shit Cowboys, uh, I'm actually taking your G-men. The defense, I'm probably going to side more with uh, the G-men on this. I just think that they just tend to be more gritty. Uh, in terms of the offense, I mean, you have more of a balanced offense. I think the G-men's biggest question mark is how well that offensive line can play against uh, Dallas' D-line, which is probably their strength. Three points, uh, you know, divisional game. I, I'm looking at it. If, uh, if Dallas can win it, hey, that's a, a score for me uh, personally. But, uh, you know, I might as well make some money because I don't think Dallas is very good right now. Hey man, I might have to join you. You never have to twist my arm to bet on the Giants. The only thing, the only thing that worries me is that you know Eli looking like the same old Eli, or at least the Eli from the past couple years, which is not the best version of Eli. But we'll see what happens. Hopefully, uh, Saquon, Saquizzle, I've been calling him, can uh, continue to score 68-yard touchdowns. That will definitely help our cause. Moving on to my second game here in the NFL. One of my golden rules in the NFL is always take double-digit dogs. Uh, it's basically a blind bet. You don't even have to think about it. You just do it, except for last week when I pussied out and did not take Tampa Bay. Now I'm kicking myself in the ass. I'm not going to let that happen again. This week, I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns, the darlings of the league. Everyone's all, all about the Browns right now. Cleveland plus 10. The Saints laying 10 again, two weeks in a row. Um, they looked average at best last week, having to... Uh, Go down to the wire in a shootout that Tampa actually, you know, handled quite well at towards the end there. The the line opened at seven and a half. It's been steamed up to ten. Uh, a mere thirty six percent of the action going on the Browns, sixty four percent for the Saints. You got fifty nine percent of the tickets written according to Action Network, and seventy five percent of the money. So again, a nice little differential there of sixteen percent. Seems like some big money tickets are rolling in there on Cleveland. And a little side note here, the Browns are 0-0-1, which is actually their best start since 2004. And the Cleveland Browns are my dog Tyrone's favorite team, so here we go. 
Uh, I also uh, was liking Cleveland and picking them as one of my best bets this week. I just think they just, you know, they got some uh, lightning in a bottle right now. They're playing tough. Uh, you know, New Orleans has no defense. I mean, they gave up over 40 points to Tampa Bay, and I just think that Cleveland's going to be able to put some points up there. Uh, their defense is pretty solid. You know, New Orleans will probably win this, I think. But, you know, like you said, getting 10 points, uh, I'll, I'll take Cleveland plus 10 on that. So I'm going to ride that with you. No doubt. And speaking of dirty, ugly, stinky dogs, let me roll into my next third and last pick here for NFL Week 2 slate. I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals plus 11. Um, I know the the Rams looked incredible on Monday Night Football, and you know I'm just looking for an overreaction here, where everyone's going to be jumping on the Rams. Um, the way the market is shaping up, it pretty much tells me exactly that. Only 19% of the money is on Arizona, 81% on the Rams. Similar numbers over at Action Network. Um, it's a division rivalry game, man. It's not gonna, you know, these teams know each other. And to be honest, the Rams are on a shorter week, and I think that short week means a lot more in week two because some of these teams are not conditioned as well as they should or could be at this point in the season. So I'm going with Arizona plus 11. No, I like that point with the short week. Typically it takes about four or five weeks for these guys to get in full uh, game mode, you know, and fully in shape. So, yeah, that could uh, be a good play. That's in L.A., right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I liked uh, Arizona, but I just the way the Rams played last week and the way Arizona played last week, I was like, nah, that I'm not taking that. So for my third pick uh, on the three pack, uh, I'm gonna stay with the hot team. Seemed like everyone last week was uh, on the Chargers train, uh, but for me, I took KC on that. So I'm actually gonna stick with them again. KC is getting four points against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's got a lot of noise in regards to the Le'Veon Bell situation. Pittsburgh just tied up with Cleveland. So I just personally think KC's offense is just way too explosive. It's going to be a shootout, but I just think KC's uh, offense with Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey, you know, Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid, I just think uh, four points to get against Pittsburgh. I, I'm just going to take the points on that. All right, dude. Uh, to be honest, I don't know. Pittsburgh was one of my early leans, but I don't have the balls to take it. So good luck with that. I mean, I don't. I I, I know exactly what you're saying. Patrick Mahomes just looked freaking electric last week. Tyreek Hill is an alter beast. So, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. All right, guys, that's it for College Football Week 3, NFL Week 2. I want to thank my partner in crime here, as usual, former Marist College defensive back, Jimmy Dice Rulin. Let's get some dough. Good luck, my friend, and I'll talk to you soon. That's right. Get pumped. Get psyched. So that's it for Episode 6, guys. Thanks so much for listening. That's right, NFL Week 1 in the books, looking ahead to NFL Week 2, and as always, good luck, happy handicapping, and may the gambling gods look gracefully down upon you. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and don't forget to leave us a review. We love to hear what you guys think, so keep them coming. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TheWagerPager for all the latest and any additional added wagers. Also, if you or a loved one has a gambling addiction, don't be scared to seek help. 
You can contact the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. They're open 24 hours a day and all calls and texts are confidential. Get pumped, get psyched. It's the Wager Pager Podcast. Bye, guys. Later. Wager Pager podcast is co-hosted and co-produced by Chris Rogers and Mercedes Barba. Edited by Mercedes Barba. Created by Chris Rogers. Additional analysis provided by Jim Rulin. Music by The Morose Project, produced and written at San Francisco Music Studios. Logo designed by John Carbonella. <laughs>